All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry. I was a CW-2 helicopter pilot in Vietnam in 1969. I want to welcome you to our really kind of a special program today. Um, it's going to be a special tribute to all the men and women who have died in the service of the United States of America. I don't know if you realize this, but over 1.1 million men and women have died fighting for our country. This Memorial Day, I want you to think about them just for a moment. Before you go out boating, before you go out picnicking, all those other things that, that you know, that, that they all died for, unfortunately. That's 1.1 million families that are devastated, children and grandchildren never born, dreams that were gone in a flash. Who were these American, these American heroes? Where were they? Where did they come from? What was their story? Well, our guest on this part of the program is to preserve those stories. Don Milne from the stories of Fallen Stars and Joe Reagan with Reese Across America. And we want to hear from you. What does Memorial Day mean to you? We also have our our benefits experts with us to answer your questions. Brian Hayes from Lieutenant Colonel Charles S. Kettle's Healthcare System here in Ann Arbor. Retired Brigadier General Carol Ann Falsone from Legal Help for Veterans. And Michael Smith, Executive Director of the Washtenaw County Veteran Service Office. If you're loved, if you are, if you are listening live, give us a call at 734-822-1600. At 734-822-1600. I kind of want to set the theme for today's program. So we're going to start off with a song um, by Michael J. Martin. And for those that are familiar with Veterans Radio, you know that Michael J. Martin um, was and is still one of our famous, our favorite songwriters. Um, unfortunately, he passed away as a result of Agent Orange. Um, he was a Silver Star recipient, just a, a great gentleman been on Veterans Radio many times. If you want to hear an interview with him, you can go to our website. That's veteransradio.net and just type in Michael J. Martin. But this song is um, really powerful, especially to Vietnam veterans, because he asks the question of who are the names on the wall? And so we're going to play that right now. Don Michaels is on that wall, and Hurley Boyd, and Dave Lynch, and Billy Thompson. There's a lot of names that I can't recall, I never knew. Over there, everybody had nicknames. Oki, Dot, Zolda, Booty. You heard that once about his real name. One guy got blown away on his first day, and he didn't even have a chance to meet him. Many places, like July, Don, Play Commercial, Valley, Doctor, K. Simmons, Faces, and Squall. Hard to remember. Who are the names on the wall? Who are the names on the wall? Did 
like me, the name's on the wall. Young and foolish, rash and full of bravado. Hell, a lot of them still virgin. They weren't in so long. <laughs> Could have been my name on that wall. It probably is. Out of 57,939 names, just about that Michael Martin up there somewhere. And a Tim Taylor, too. For Lady Luck or Sister Fate or whatever we could be, whatever. I can see my reflection in that polished black granite. Images of my soul. That's the reason for that particular song. Joining me right now is Don Milne. Don is, of, I don't know, I guess he's head of the organization, the stories behind the stars. It, uh, he's, he's got this task going of, of attempting to record the stories of every one of the World War II veterans who passed away as a result of the war. So, Don, welcome back to Veterans Radio. Thank you. I very much enjoy uh, having the opportunity to speak with you, Dale, and uh, share my message with your listeners. I think that song is very appropriate uh, leading to this segment because 
that's what we're trying to do is uh, give the stories to each of these names for World War II. Absolutely. And I, and I know you've been on the program before and we talked briefly at that point, you were uh, trying to get um, all the stories that you could for the, um, I think it was uh, D-Day, people who, were, who had been killed, unfortunately, on D-Day. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, and uh, it's not a project that's really my project. I'm just the director and we've got hundreds of people from all 50 states and even more than a dozen other countries are actually writing these stories. And uh, last year in time for the, uh, was at that time the 75th anniversary of D-Day, we had a group of about 120 volunteers that were going through a list of 2,502 names. And uh, they did the research online. They found details about where they were from, uh, what their family background was like, what they did when they were younger, where we found that information, perhaps find a photo. And then they saved all this information to a common database. And the entire plan is that eventually we'll be able to go to any of the grave sites. So in the case of those that are in D-Day, about half of them are buried there in, in Normandy. The others at different cemeteries across the country and perhaps elsewhere. But the idea is, is you go to these grave sites or memorials and you take your smartphone and you pull up a smartphone app. And that, that app actually has already exists uh, within the uh, last uh, six months, uh, one of our partners find a grave, develop this capability, you go up to that person's grave site, and if we've done their story, you put their name in, and up pops their story and perhaps their photo, and you can read it right there. So that's our, our focus of where our project is, is find volunteers, write stories, make them available for anyone to read at any gravesite or memorial. Well, I, I think that's just wonderful. I, I, I actually saw you had a little clip I saw on YouTube uh, I think you were, I'm not sure if you were in Arlington or not, because I know that's your next project, but that you had, you pointed your phone at the, at the tombstone, brought up the, it was a general, the guy's Marine, I think he was, brought up his name. And the next thing you know, you're scrolling down and there's his story of where he was born, went to school, what he did in the service and so on and so forth. And I think that's a, that's a great use of technology right there. That's for sure. Exactly. And someone could have done even just a generation ago, but it's totally doable right now. We have all the technology, all the resources. The one piece we're lacking is the manpower. Um, as I mentioned, we do have a few hundred people working on this project, but our, our mission is to do all 421,000 stories by the 80th anniversary of the end of World War II. So that's coming up in three years. That'll be September 2nd of 2025. If we did have between two or 3,000 people who were doing this instead of a few hundred, that's a very doable project. And we're not talking about making this into a, a full-time job for anybody because after all, everyone that helps out is doing this as a volunteer basis. But what we ask people to do is give up watching Saving Private Ryan for the 10th time. And instead of spending three hours doing that, write, save, save the story of maybe a different Private Ryan that was a real Private Ryan. Um, I think my, the enemy here isn't... Um, I guess the enemy in my case is Netflix. I'm trying to get people to give up some Netflix time and spend that time researching somebody whose story hasn't been told yet. And if we get that level of participation um, by the 80th anniversary here coming up in three years, you'll be able to go to Normandy, uh, Arlington, uh, any of the national cemeteries, anywhere where someone who died during World War II is buried or any memorials, uh, I work at memorials too, you'll be able to read their story. So 
for future generations, it's not going to be, I go to a memorial, I see some names, I have no idea who they are, and then I go home. You go to a memorial or a gravesite, you're going to want to make sure that you, your cell phone has plenty of uh, time left on it because you're going to be spending your time going from grave to grave or name to name on that memorial. And you'll discover who these people were, these people who are the reason we celebrate Memorial Day. They, they gave their lives and didn't get to experience the many uh, benefits and freedoms we enjoy in our country today. And now this is a way to honor them by remembering who they were and learning a little bit more about them and maybe pause and wonder. They gave up a lot, obviously, to, to have their name here or see them on this gravestone. And we can thank them for that sacrifice more fully than before. Yeah, oh, no, I agree. I think this, this, is a, this is such a great project. So if I wanted to volunteer or if any of our listeners wanted to volunteer, where do we go? How do we sign up? What do we do? Yeah, we, we try to keep it pretty easy. We've been doing this for now two years. So we've kind of gone through the kinks of what it takes to get people trained. So if they just visit storiesbehindthestars.org, there's a button probably at the top says volunteer. We'll ask you for your uh, email and name so we know how to contact you. Ask for a little bit of background about you know, why are you interested. And then we'll send you a link to some training material that we've developed. And everything we make for the volunteers is free so that uh, they're volunteering their time so they don't want them to have to pay anything. But uh, we'll train them how to, within two or three hours, to write a story and save it to our website. And we're hoping most people can maybe just do one story a week. And if they do that for a, a year, they've done 50 stories. And if you do that for the three years it takes to get us done, that's 150 stories. Um, or if you just do it once or twice, that's fine, because if, if every story gets us one closer. What we do find, though, especially among those of our volunteers who are retired and maybe looking for a pastime and they want to do something meaningful, maybe they're going to do one story a day. We have some individuals that are really, really enjoy the process of just starting with the name and you're kind of like a detective. You just have a name and a date of birth and a death date, and then we set you free and then you find everything else. Uh, I know there's some people that write two or three stories a day and uh, we have a, a few individuals, a handful that have already individually written close to a thousand stories each. Wow. Well, that's, that's just great. Donna, I thank you so very much for being on our program today on this Memorial Day weekend. The name of the organization is storiesbehindthestars.org. You can go in there, volunteer. Hey, you never know. Maybe you're going to come up with the great war story of all time and uh, discover a new, a new enjoying activity for yourself. So again, thank you so very much for being on our program, Don, and I thank you for your time. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate All it. right. We will be in touch. Let us know what comes up next. We will. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. So that's the whole point here is that we're trying to, to gather stories. This is what we do on Veterans Radio, what we've been doing for 19 years. And so we encourage you to uh, participate. Again, you know, let us know what Memorial Day means to you. Give us a call. Uh, and also a call for our experts because now it's time for the experts a little bit. Uh, before our next guest comes on. So joining me on the line right now is uh, Brian Hayes, and Brian is from the uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles S. Kettle's uh, healthcare system in here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Brian, welcome back. Hey, everybody. It's glad to be. I'm glad to be back. It's a beautiful day in Michigan. 
It is. It is a beautiful day in Michigan. We, I, I keep once again. I'm still worried about snow. I don't know why. <laughs> well, that's a legitimate concern. <laughs> but it doesn't look like it's going to be here because everything has finally burst out. Everything is now green. You know, that's that's yeah. the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, it was just um, sort of winter, 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 green. Right. It was just one of those years. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you. Then, and then it'll be winter again. That's right. Soon. Here, here next um, month. So, Brian, I, I know that there's not a whole lot going on at the at, at the Ann Arbor VA, but I know that there are some things that are going on connected to the Ann Arbor VA. Can you tell us what's happening? Yeah, well, there's always a lot going on, more than we could talk about in one show. But I think probably the headline for this episode of Veterans Radio is that we were finally able to open our Canton Clinic for veterans. We're seeing veterans now and uh, getting them care and they're able to uh, just pop into the Canton Clinic. They live around that area and not have to drive all the way to Ann Arbor. It's a great thing. And the clinic is up and running. We've got, uh, obviously, we've got mental health there, physical therapy, primary care, women's uh, health is there, prosthetics, radiology. We're doing uh, um, x-ray and ultrasounds there. Uh, Whole health clinic is open there. And, uh, you know, and of course, you can always get your COVID vaccine, too. So that clinic is up and running. And I'm sure folks, at least in the East Michigan area, may have probably seen it on one of the news channels um, that's out there because we've gotten some pretty good coverage for it. So that's that's big news. Um, that's open. And then I'm, I'm happy to announce that we uh, got the approval and we got the lease done. And we're uh, hopefully this fall we'll be opening up another clinic in Howell, Michigan. And that's going to be right up, uh, you know, in that um, Livingston County area uh, that's been in just it had such a need for a local VA clinic for such a long time. So we're really happy to be able to announce that and uh, get that thing open, too. Hopefully it'll be uh, September, October. Right. I, I think that's great. I mean, it's just mm. the idea of not having to, you know, not that it's not that it's difficult, you know, once you get into the VA hospital here in Ann Arbor. But, you know, for some people, it's a long distance. And the idea of having, you know, the one over in Canton, for those of you not familiar with Michigan at all, uh, you know, hold up your hand and <laughs> <laughs> hold up your hand and look at your thumb and down in the corner just below your thumb. That's where we are right now and so we've got a couple of va hospitals but now we're getting more and more va clinics out there and i think that's just great well, yeah we just that- opened adrian last fall we're, we've got canton open we're opening howell so the expansions are underway and we're going to be growing the clinics in jackson and flint as well adding more care more specialty care there that's, those are all things that are coming down the road in the uh, in the not so distant future so so it's a message of growth for the VA in Ann Arbor, for sure. Well, that's that, that's great, Brian. I, I always appreciate you coming on and telling us what's happening. So, at the uh, at the hospital itself, is working closer to usual, normal? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, well, I mean, and I know we can all go in and do. We're getting more in-person appointments. That thing oh, for sure. Yeah, well, it's a little precarious right now because, as you know, probably I don't know if you're following the the uh, community numbers for COVID, but you know we're starting to see those spikes again. Nobody's talking surge yet, I don't think, but you know we're kind of up into the high infection rate uh, time right now for Washtenaw and Wayne counties. Um, so you know our protocols are still in place. 
in the medical center and in all of our clinics, you know, fully masked and, uh, you know, social distancing and all of those things, um, you know, and screening when you come in, you know, there's somebody at the door to, to ask you a few questions, uh, uh, broad questions about your health. So those things are still going on because we do want to continue to protect our veterans and staff. Um, and I know in a lot of areas, you know, when you go to the grocery store, it's kind of an option. But when you're talking about a healthcare setting, you have to be careful because that's where sick people are, you know. And so you don't want to bring uh, you don't want to bring illness into uh, into a clinic situation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, thanks, Brian, very much. So tell me uh, real quickly, what what does Memorial Day mean to you? Well, when I think about Memorial Day, I think about my, uh, my both my dad and my grandfather. My dad was a Marine in Vietnam and. Uh, and not to get too personal, but he suffered some uh, after, you know, some mental health issues after Vietnam that he never quite overcame. And uh, so he self-medicated for a good chunk of his life and eventually succumbed to that. Um, and my grandfather, I think about him, too, and what he went through in World War II. He was at Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. And he was a deep sea diver at the time. He served on the first hospital ship. It was called the USS Solus. It was actually a converted cruise ship that was donated by a millionaire at the time. Anyway, he served on that and it had been converted. And, and so he was actually in the harbor as the bombing was happening. And one of his jobs was to pull guys out of the water who had been killed. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd hear those stories and, and what the, the pain that he carried through his life. Uh, from having dealt with that. So when I think about Memorial Day, I think about the people who came before me, particularly in my family, but really everyone who, who paid that price, whether, whether they paid it during the conflict or they paid it after the conflict, they continued to pay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Brian, very much for sharing that. So, okay. So I'm going to move right along here. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. uh, uh, We've got uh, General Fasson. Is here and Michael Smith is here. And so, Michael, I'm going to say welcome to you today. Good to have you here. Well, welcome, Dale. Thank I you. bring you greetings from the Washtenaw County Department of Veterans Affairs and my staff of five and the uh, county administrator and the board of commissioners from Washtenaw County. Thank you very much. This is our local county, and we're hoping that everybody out there across the country has a local, nice little local county veteran service office like we do. We're very fortunate, I think, uh, in order to do that. Uh, and General Carol Ann Falzon, who's down in Florida, but that's all right. We'll forgive her for, the, <laughs> for a moment, but the weather is certainly great here. So uh, welcome back, Caroline. Thank you, um, Dale. And uh you know, it's interesting. I loved, um, so I'm going to give a little uh, promotion out there for June 6th, with it, which is D-Day. And uh, for an event that you are going to be going to and honoring a World War II veteran. Um, I hope Dawn is still on the line because um, Raymond Trabusi would be someone awesome to interview. Um, He came in on June 12th um, on the second wave on Omaha Beach. And um, this man has two, this veteran has two Purple Hearts. He was injured um, initially and um, on July 31st, 
1944, and um, he was wounded. He was bandaged back up, and he said, nope, I'm going back in to fight. And how many times do we hear that? And then he took a sniper bullet, another one. So um, Raymond has two Purple Hearts, um, and then he um, many other awards. Um, uh, he took his second bullet from the sniper on August 3rd. And um, Dale, I'm so honored you're going to be there with them at um, Elmwood American House. Um, Bob Gillette, um, one of our great um, veterans out there, um, Vietnam veterans, um, is hosting and sponsoring this event to honor Raymond and to keep in the memory um, all of our World War II veterans. And so I think this is really special that you had Dawn on talking about getting the history of those World War II veterans. But here is one that we're going to have you come back and tell this story. And so thank you for doing that. Well, I am. I'm hoping to contact him this week. I would love to have him on the program next week, uh, just before uh, the anniversary of D-Day. So I have to. I have to I'm working on that project right now. And uh, so, what we've got coming up in the program, as I said, you know, it is, you know, it's our benefits week, and you know, and I, I don't know. I haven't seen any great, you know, announcements of what what is going to occur, but. Um, is there is there anything that we should be aware of or can is it something that we could kind of tease our audience with and then we'll you know we'll do our my interview with uh the reese across america and come back and talk about that for the event on june 6th no on uh just any any uh benefits things that we should be aware of um, well i think um i think the one thing that's important um, that I've just seen recently, um, and maybe Michael could allude to this, um, you know, they're announcing more presumptives coming out with with um, burn pits, etc. But one thing I would like our veterans to consider um, is it's this time of season to enjoy um, traveling if you have that opportunity. And um, to be prepared, I experienced something this weekend. We're a veteran who does have some cancer and had a chance to get away for a few days, did not travel with his all of his appropriate medicine because he was not able to go from state to state with marijuana. He In his state, it was approved. Um, and so just preparing maybe ahead, we were able to get him some medications at a local CBOC, which was, I think, very, very important. So I'm sending this message to our veterans as you're taking a trip. And I hope all of you enjoy this summer wherever you're going. Um, take a look. Don't forget your medicines. Make sure you're aware of where CBOX, because you are eligible to go in and get some care if something occurs. And then if it is for some of these um, um, outlier medications, look into it with the VA and see by state by state what you might need to do to get those special medications to help you. That I, That's... Uh, that was something that uh, just very fortuitous. We were able to, you know, jump in and help a little bit 
on a piece of this. And so I just wanted to throw that out as summer is approaching. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Michael, I'm going to get back to you. We're going to take a real quick break. And then we have uh, Joe Reagan on, who is from Reefs Across America. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll come back to you folks uh, in a little bit. So, hey, if you have any questions for our benefits people, give them a call, 734-822-1600. We'll be right back after this quick message. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. First Lieutenant John Fox called in artillery fire on his own position. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. On Christmas night in 1944, enemy soldiers in civilian clothes gradually infiltrated the town Fox and his men were in, and by early morning... The town was largely in hostile hands. An organized attack by uniformed German units began at 4 a.m. Being greatly outnumbered, most of the American forces were forced to withdraw from the town, but Fox and other members of his observer party voluntarily remained on the second floor of a house to direct defensive artillery fire. Fox reported the Germans were in the streets and attacking in strength. He then called for defensive artillery fire to slow the enemy advance. As the Germans continued to press the attack towards the area that Fox occupied, he adjusted the artillery fire closer to his position. Finally, he was warned that the next adjustment would bring the deadly artillery right on top of his position. After acknowledging the danger, Lieutenant Fox insisted that the last adjustment be fired as this was the only way to defeat the attacking soldiers. Later, when a counterattack retook the position from the Germans, Lieutenant Fox's body was found with the bodies of approximately 100 German soldiers. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're back here on Veterans Radio on this Memorial Day weekend. And my next guest is coming from an organization which is kind of an unusual time period, I guess you could say. His name is Joe Reagan, and he is with Wreaths Across America. And many of us are familiar with Wreaths Across America because what they try to do is they try to put wreaths on all veterans' um, graves across the country. And But they've got some other things going on. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted Joe to join us. So, Joe, welcome to, to Veterans Radio. Well. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here and to share you know, the the mission of Reads Across America uh, beyond Reads Across America Day, because it really is a, a year-round mission to remember, honor, and teach. And I think that this Memorial Day, it's uh, especially relevant to, 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 to focus on that teach aspect and help folks understand really the, the full breadth of, of sacrifice that's been made to make sure that we have the, the freedoms that each and every one of us holds so dear. 
Well, that's one of the things I got my little notes here. Remember, honor, and teach. And I think that that is so important. And as a matter of fact, um, you've been doing this for for a number of years now, and you you just opened up a um, uh, um, sort of like a Fisher House. It sounds like for Gold Star parents up near your headquarters. Right, right. Um, well, so let me hit the first part first. And, uh, you know, Reads Across America re- really started as a family project of, of the Worcester family. Moral Worcester, who's our founder, um, had won a trip to Washington, D.C. As a, as a young boy. He was a paper boy in, in, uh, in Maine. And uh, as part of that trip, the piece that stuck with him the most was to visit the Arlington National Cemetery. Um, you know, and I, I know a lot of folks that, that listen to the show um, are probably familiar with Arlington, but for any that, that might not be, I mean, just the, the sheer size of Arlington National Cemetery really speaks volumes to you know, what it means to to appreciate the level of sacrifice that's been made to, to secure our freedom. Uh, and that stuck with Moore. And so in 1992, he, uh, he found himself with uh, a surplus of about 5,000 uh, reeds. And uh, he was trying to figure out what to do with it. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take these reeds and I'm going to drive down to Arlington National Cemetery and we're going to lay these on the headstones of, of veterans. And, uh, and they did that. Uh, and when they went to, down there, the Arlington had kind of stuck them in, in one of the older parts of the cemetery, mostly Civil War veterans. And at, at the end of the day, he was kind of taken aback and realized, you know, most of these people have no living relatives left. So no one comes to visit them. Um, he thought that was a shame because he'd heard before, and I'm sure many people have heard this quote before, that we all die twice when we take our last breath and when someone speaks our name for the last time. And so it started this kind of family tradition where uh, they would go each year and they would lay reeds on, on, the, on the graves. And it's just usually just moral and a family and a small, maybe a small group of volunteers. And in 2005, uh, there was a fairly large snowstorm in Washington shortly after they had done this. And so the uh, a staff photographer from Arlington National Cemetery had gone out and captured a picture of these reeds in the snow. And uh, it really went viral. It was, it was really moving to folks to see this kind of fitting tribute to all these men and women that have served our, our country. Uh, and so we kind of exploded. Uh, since in 2007, we founded ourselves as an independent nonprofit and uh, have really expanded from that initial 5,000 reads in, 19, in 1992 to uh, this past year in, in 20, uh, 20, uh, 2021, uh, we were at over 3,100 locations across the country uh, and did about 2.4 million reads. And, and each one of those reads represents uh, an actual story. Uh, so, and I think that that was where the hospitality house came into play um, was all part of that. Um, obviously, we work very closely with uh, a lot of our Gold Star families, Gold Star moms, Gold Star spouses, husbands, wives, uh, children. And when you interact with these Gold Star families, you really learn about what it means when we say, live up to the legacy of these men and women, because that's what our Gold Star families do each and every day. Um, they have endured an unspeakable loss uh, and losing a loved one as a result of their service to our country. Um, and yet they continue to serve our communities. They continue to volunteer. They continue to give back. And they see this as being part of that legacy of their loved ones. And um, so I think that this Gold Star House is, a, is an opportunity to you know, really explore these individual stories of who were these men and women that gave their lives for us? Who were these men and women that felt so strongly about what America stands for, that they were willing to give their lives for it? Um, 
And that's kind of the, the core of the, the Gold Star Hospitality House. And it's really the core of our mission when we talk about Remember, Honor, Teach. It's to share those stories and to make sure that, um, you know, folks that might not necessarily have that immediate connection with the Gold Star family or, or someone that has served um, is able to really understand, you know, what, what we're talking about when we talk about sacrifice. Well, I, I, I just thought it was it was great what you folks are doing there with the wreath across America is that, it, you know, it's now it's a kind of a year round activity and that, you know, this little this house up in Maine that that people can go to and, you know, kind of just re- relax. And as you, you know, as you pointed out, that this is part of the teaching part of, of wreaths across America and that, you know, you've got a whole program out there to keep America informed Right. Absolutely. And this year we really aim to expand that teach, teach portion of our mission um, by working with a bunch of different partners uh, to develop a curriculum for K through 12 students uh, to help them make these connections. So, so small things um, like just understanding the values of what it means to be a veteran to actually going out and doing a service project, like interview, interviewing a local veteran and getting and capturing their story. Um, you know, and helping connect these young people with all the different things that, you know, make this country what it is. Um, you know, we, 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 we like to think sometimes that uh, all of us have that connection to the military, but with less than 7% of Americans um, being qualified in veterans, um, you know, most folks really don't have that, that direct connection to our military. Um, so not only does that kind of lead to a misperception about what, about those, what, what, what it means to serve, um, but also you know, folks don't necessarily always understand the experience of our veterans and what, they're, what they experience not only while they serve, but when they come home as well. So it's um, you know, tremendously important. And I know when this project was, was founded as, as a nonprofit, you know, we, people always say, well, it's, it's so beautiful that you're able to go out and do this every year and lay these wreaths. Um, what people don't always know is that through this program and through the partnerships that we've been able to build with different nonprofits across the country, we've given over $17 million back to support local veterans charities as well. Um, because what we, when we talk about Reads Across America, you know, we really view this as an opportunity for um, you know, a, a sense of community, to build a sense of community, and for the community to come together around our veterans and realize that when we invest in them, we're really investing in ourselves. Um, and so that's something we, uh, we feel, feel is very, very important. And, um, of course, not only honoring those that have passed, but um, you know, supporting those veterans that continue to, to live in our community and make sure that they have the opportunity to thrive. Right. Absolutely. Well, Joe, I want to thank you very much for coming on to Veterans Radio today to talk about Reefs Across America. And I encourage our audience to go to your website, that's wreathsacrossamerica.org, and see what you can do to help. I think that, uh, you know, these two organizations that we've had on today, this, you know, the stories behind the stars and now Reese Across America, they're all doing the same thing. We're all trying to preserve the stories of who these men and women were. And so, you know, as, as you pointed out, you know, if you, if you stop saying their name, they disappear. Mm-hmm. And we don't want them to ever disappear. So thank you very much for being on the program. No, absolutely. And thank you again for sharing all these stories. You know, I've worked with Don in the past about you know, his mission to, to honor those um, Folks that had served during the um, during World War II, um, so it is tremendously important that we have that. We're glad to have Don as a as a partner of ours, um, and so many of these other organizations that are committed to sharing these stories. So, so again, thanks thanks for having me on. Okay.
Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. All right. I've got another little piece of music that I wanted to play that I thought was just, you know, it is Memorial Day. So this is why I'm playing this particular song. It's called My Hero, My Soldier, My Son. And it is was written by Nanette West for her son, Lieutenant Kyle West, who was killed on May 28, 2007. Uh, Nanette worked with our with the groups that we had on a couple of weeks ago called Operation Song. And so she wrote the lyrics and it was recorded by Jen Franklin. So this is my hero, my soldier, my son. No holding back I wanna live 
Okay, that was uh, My Hero, My Soldier, My Son um, by Jen Franklin. It was written by Nanette West for her son, First Lieutenant Kyle West, who was uh, killed in action on uh, May 28, 2007. I just, that song just tore me up when the first time I heard it, because I can't imagine what families have to go through. You know, the, when I'm I'm talking with Carol Ann and I'm talking with Michael, you know, we're we're so fortunate and whatever our time in the service was, we're still here. And, you know, you know, even though our parents, our moms, our dads, you know, all the relatives were probably all worried about us whenever we got deployed, wherever it was we ended up going. Just the idea of never coming back, what that does to the family. I can't, I can't imagine that. So, Michael, I want to ask you what's your feelings are about Memorial Day. What what do you think about it? Well, I I, I try to make sure that I make the focus on the actual intent of this holiday, which is those uh, service members who uh, died in service. Uh, Because many times people wish me a happy Memorial Day because I'm a veteran. And they really get Memorial Day and Veterans Day confused. And I try again on Memorial Day to focus on the intent of this holiday, which is not to honor veterans, but it's to honor the war dead, those who actually died in service to our country. And uh, so I don't have anyone in my family. I don't have anyone in my, um, uh, my, my own 21 year military experience that I could look back on and say, you know, this person died in service to our country. And that's what I think about. So in terms of that reflection, I go all the way back to my great-great-grandpas, my Thomas W. Cross and Robert Smith, who both fought in the Civil War uh, in the Colored Infantry Regiments, uh, uh, Wagner Company C, 5th Colored Infantry Regiment for uh, Thomas W. and uh, the 102nd U.S. Colored Troops to Robert Smith and his three brothers. And uh, they fought in the Civil War to help end slavery all the way to the end of it. And they came home to Michigan and uh, built homes and built churches. Matter of fact, I was this morning at the Wheatland Church of Christ uh, with my Aunt Mary. Uh, and um, that church was built by my great, great, great grandpa, Robert Cross, or excuse me, uh, great, great, great Thomas W. Cross, who was uh, born enslaved in Loudoun County, Virginia, obtained his freedom. And like I just said, uh, fought in the Civil War in the colored infantry to help free other enslaved Africans. But then we have a long line of military history, not only with my great grandpas who fought in the Civil War, but all my relatives who fought in the Spanish-American War, World War I, my grandma's two brothers, my Uncle Thomas and my Uncle Jake who fought in World War II, my Uncle, Ron, my Uncle Ron and my Uncle Lester who were both in Vietnam, and then myself, my cousin Terry, who I was just visiting in Mount Pleasant, and all my other cousins and members of uh, uh, our family uh, who are referred to as the old settlers because we're descendants of the original black settlers to the central Michigan area. But we have a long history in our family of military service, uh, in, uh, not only in the past, but currently serving. And so I reflect on my military history and my family's military service to our country. I think that's such a great story, Michael. I was not aware of any of that. I think that's terrific. And the, and the whole idea of, and I don't think many of us really know that type of background for our families. Yeah, um, we are very fortunate in our family because we do have a book 
called mm-hmm. A Nation Within Itself, uh, The Old Settlers. And it traces all the genealogies of those original black settlers to the central Michigan counties of Macosta, Isabella, and Montcalm. And we get together every year on the third Saturday of August and have what's called the Old Settlers Reunion. And this year we'll have the 88th Old Settlers Reunion. Whoa, that's pretty cool. That's and you know what's cool. a neat thing? Uh, Gary Green, who's the, who preached the sermon this morning, is also, like me, sixth descendant of Thomas W. Cross. So he's pastoring the church that his great-great-great-grandpa built. <laughs> I, that's that's awesome. It is awesome. Um, it is awesome. Carol Ann, what about what about your family's hit background? Are you the are you the first general in the family? Well, probably. Yes, but but more importantly, how I I got there was my Tata, my grandpa was in World War One, and uh, Tata was quite unique because he's fought on both sides. He fought as an American, but he fought in the Czech. And, you know, with all that's going on in the Ukraine right now, and then Tata served, um, and then my dad and Jim's dad, um, Dad Fasson, they both were in World War II when we heard, you know, submarine. Um, dad Fasson was Navy. My dad was Merchant Mariner and then Army. Um, you know, we've got a nephew. Both of us served, Jim and I. And then we've got a nephew who's a Marine. And so, you know, the thing that I love what you said, Michael, um, I think the thing that's really important to me is to remember this is Memorial Day and to memorialize those that, you know, gave their lives for us. And um, that is so important. And listening to Reads Around America, which I had the privilege of placing, oh, thousands of wreaths in December um, on the graves of veterans and saying their names and then placing them. Um, It's really interesting to go out now. And I believe our legacy is to teach um, those young men and women and our youth and our next generations how to um, remember these this day memorial day tomorrow which we will celebrate and and it's really hard to say celebrate i agree with michael because um we need to honor let's say we need to honor those and remember and then the difference between memorial day and veterans day and um you know and and I think the way we're going to end the show today is so fitting with TAPS because that is the best way to remember these individuals. But it's so interesting, this trip down here, not only, you know, helping a veteran with their medicines and, and teaching a class, but also had the privilege, once again, um, with Bob Gillette, um, Friday night to be out with the Louisville Slugger, the all amputee um, baseball team. And you talk about a great group of men who sacrificed and um, are still living out, you know, the mission. They went and fought and it's all amputee baseball team and they're teaching our youth. So I do think there is a mission um, to teach. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that we were able to find out a lot about a little about the history of our 
experts here because I think it adds credibility to our program. And I want to make sure that people understand, you know, that we're not just willy-nilly grabbing veterans off the street and giving them the opportunity to uh, help us out. But that, you know, that there is a history and there's a background in here and that we, you know, tonight I know locally that there is a um, watch fire where they're going to be burning uh, discarded American flags starting at dusk at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial that in wherever you are, I encourage you to go past the cemetery. Look at those flags that somebody, American Legions, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, are put next to the grave of every veteran in that particular cemetery. And just pause for a second and think about who that person might have been, what they might have accomplished if they had survived and lived you know michael is talking about his great 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 grandparents you know fighting in, in this in the uh, civil war well you know i had i had two great great grandfathers who fought in the civil war on opposite sides i had one from ohio and one from tennessee and they both survived and you know thankfully otherwise guess what i'm not here so that's the point of all of these memorial things. So go to the parades tomorrow. Go to the to the services that are going to be where you are. And, you know, just, again, take that moment of silence and, and think about it. You know, what the, the sacrifice that these men and women paid, that ultimate price, just so that you could go out with your family, go out and have the day off whatever it is that you're going to do. But please take that moment. I, I, I think it's so important. We didn't get to talk a lot about benefits today, but we will at the end of June when we come back. So we want to make sure that you tell us what questions that you have. If you're having difficulty with your claims on your disabilities, let us know. We've got two experts here in, in uh, General Falson and with Michael that can help you out in uh your um, your claims or you know if you've been denied they can help you refile it and do everything in the right way and so we've got a minute to go and so we are going to be coming out of the uh, a little early but we are going to be playing taps and this version of taps is what they call echo taps and this is recorded by the coast guard band and it will take us out of the program and so I'm watching Derek as he's giving me signs here of how much time I've got to go to stretch it out just a little bit more. And uh, so as, as I mentioned before, there are going to be parades tomorrow. I can remember the first Memorial Day parade I ever went to with a bicycle with the flags and the red, white, and blue bunting wrapped around the tires and thinking that this is really awesome. And I hope that I hope the kids today can get that opportunity to go out there and, and do that. And don't forget to salute the flag. So until next week, this is Dale Thrombury for all of us here at the Veterans Radio Community. You are dismissed. <laughs>